Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. Oh. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 254 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another wild Wednesday. Almost there, folks. Halfway there. Welcome. Thank you. Well, at the top of the show, um, I got some explaining to do. Um, I'd, uh, of course, I missed Sunday's episode. My my Cal Ripken-like streak is over. Um, I don't know how many. I, I went a long time without missing an episode. Between vacations and everything else, I still got episodes out. Um, well, first of all, uh, you know, sorry for not having an episode. Um, uh I won't get too deep into it, but on uh, Saturday, I hadn't recorded anything, and I was going to do it Saturday evening, um, and around 4 o'clock, we got a phone call, and my father-in-law had to be rushed to the hospital. So, um, obviously, that, uh, you know, that got every, you know, uh, was a little worrisome, obviously, um, but at the same time, my wife was sick, um, has been sick all week. Of course, now I'm sick, but um, I'm not feeling great. I shouldn't say I haven't missed any time at work yet, but I'm not feeling that great. <clears throat> but um, yeah, so we definitely, uh, you know, and her he went by ambulance, and uh, her mom and the sister drove there, and uh, kind of was keeping everybody updated. And um, long story short, he is he is back at home. Um, I, I don't want to. He always fine. Always not fine, but. Um, it might be some medication problems or what have you, but I mean, uh, you know, they did testing and they were happy with mo- with the testing. They just got to, you know, wait for a few of the results back and, uh, on a few things, but I think they're, they're kind of the meds are kind of mixing together wonky. So, um, anyway, that's, you know, that's as far as I'll go with both that business. But, um, point being, um, you know, I didn't feel like going down in the basement and ranting and raving about player spotlights and, uh, idiot fans, um, you know, well, the father-in-law was in emergency. So, um, and that, and I really was not feeling that great. And, um, yeah, it was just sort of a kind of a, sh- it was a shitty weekend all around. So, um, but he, like I said, he is back home and resting comfortably. Thank you for those that, uh, well, I talked, I obviously I talked to a few people about it and thank you for those guys for reaching out and asking if everything's all right and everything. I appreciate it. Uh, but yes, no, he is, uh, he actually phoned tonight and, uh, wife talked to him and, uh, you know, obviously frustrated with the med situation. But, uh, other than that, he was up and moving around today and, uh, on the on the road to recovery, so that was good. So, but definitely scary when you hear that uh, an ambulance has taken him in and everything else. So, um, yeah. So that would explain my absence on 
uh, Sunday. So, and then, you you know, and then we, you know, we got the word Saturday night. Oh, he's up and, you know, he's in bed, but he's doing all right and whatever. And, um, and I thought about recording Sunday and uh, just putting it out live, but I was just like, I wasn't feeling that great and really wasn't up to it. And, uh, and to be quite frank, I wasn't in the mood. So I was just like, ah, I, I think, I think the world will live, uh, for a few days without listening to me. So, um, uh, but here we are back in the saddle on Wednesday here. Um, that's, well, I guess it's Tuesday night at what time is it? 7.56 PM. Um, it was funny because I actually, I, I got home from work, um, uh, kind of early today and, uh, dozed off while the house is quiet and, um, really actually wasn't in, to be completely honest, I really was not in the mood to record anything. Um, but, um, felt I should get something out, <clears throat> just as what was going on and everything else. And, uh, you know, and, uh, I wasn't that I'm in the mood. I don't know. It's just kind of some, some episodes it's like, you know, you get really wound up and you're, you're kind of fired up to hit record and, and other ones kind of, you know, whatever soft shoe in. So, um, you know, uh, uh, yeah. So, well, what are we going to talk about today? Let's get into it here. Um, I will say, <coughs> as I always do at the top of these episodes, um, I do not plan on being long tonight. So, uh, uh, you know, because, uh, yeah, just not uh, feeling, like I said, I'm not, not 100%. Uh, so we'll we'll see what happens here. But, um, uh, well, like as I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. Over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. Uh, whatever f- team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. So, of course, as the season has pr- started up here, um, they are uh, hot and heavy. And, um, and yeah, and they're rolling. And then, of course, my boy Alec over there at the Five for Fighting podcast. Oh, there's things brewing over there, folks. I'm telling you. It hit the fan today. Um I know he just sent me a message saying he recorded tonight and damn it, he's mad and oh shit, he's fired up. And, um, so, um, to not, I will not completely obviously take his entire topic and what he's all talking about, but, uh, I will put it this way. The East Coast Hockey League has put a copyright strike against Alec and his YouTube channel. And, um, yeah, he's, uh, I will let him explain. There's more to the story than that, but uh, uh, I will let him. That is what he is going to be ranting and raving about. I'm assuming he's putting an episode out tomorrow or the day after. Um, like I put on Twitter, the East Coast League. The East Coast League couldn't promote a fucking lemonade stand in the desert. Um, I've never seen a league so... Well, this is kind of hockey in general. I've, I, I've never seen a sport so out of touch with their fans. Um, or so, in, or I guess, or so in tuned with the vocal minority, I guess we'll put it that way. Um, but I guess if that's all you hear, then that's who you're going to try to cater to. But the NHL is the same way, but, uh, oh, it's just unbelievable. I, oh, but I mean, even, like even the NHL and AHL, like all the other leagues, I, I've never... None of the other leagues have an issue with fight clips. 
except for the East Coast Hockey League. And it's been like that for years. And I don't get it. Like, I don't... What do you give a shit for? Like, unbelievable. I don't... Oh, whatever. But that's Alex. I don't want to steal Alex. Uh, It's his his story to tell, so I won't uh, go on too much about it. But, uh, oh, unbelievable. But, um, yeah, just... um, uh, well, I don't, I don't know. Like I was going to say, I don't know what we're going to talk about today, but, um, I have the wall fan idiocy. Um, he's crazy. Oh, it's just, an indefinite suspension has already happened. Uh, I guess that's in the East coast league. Oh yeah. And then, um, I got a list. I promised him a list because I missed Sunday's episode. So I have a list. It is the top five toughest Florida Panthers. So we'll get into that at the end. But um, I was going to do a player spotlight. I have a I have a few guys that I was going to do, and um, I started looking up when I was at work today. I was kind of running through my head. Okay, who, what player am I going to do a spotlight on? And I had a few in mind, and I started looking up. And I'm going to do one on this guy, but I started looking up a few of his videos. Um, and, uh, and then I just sort of, uh, I, I got busy back at, well, I got, I was uh, during a break, during coffee, I was kind of looking them up and then went back to work. And then when I got home, I was going to start looking them up. And then I was just kind of, like I said, I just kind of ran out of gas today. So, um, that will probably be on Sunday. I'd like to have a guest though. I haven't had a guest on for a bunch of episodes here. So I'd like to have a guest on for Sunday's show. Um, I have a few people in mind that I want to talk to. Um, I have talked to a player and he and I are just working out a time. So that should be next Wednesday's episode should be a player interview. I hope. And, uh, yeah, but we'll see how it goes as we, uh, as we, uh, enter the, well, and and we had snow here, folks here in Saskatoon. Uh, we obviously, we didn't get it as bad as Regina and them down South got it. Oof, oof. Highways closed and the snow was flying. We, uh, we thankfully didn't get that. Most of it was just, you know, it just kind of turned into, it was basically rain, but, uh, there was a little bit of snow. I did have to, uh, take the, take the broom and, uh, uh, you know, just off the windows and stuff of the, uh, of the truck at work. So, oh, uh, I guess the, uh, winter is here. Well, I shouldn't say winter is here. It's not it's supposed to actually get kind of nice next week. So, um, but yeah, anytime you see the snow for the first time, uh, I loathe snow. I really do. And I certainly live in the wrong province for someone that doesn't like snow. Um, it's funny growing up when you're younger, it's, you don't give a shit, right? Um, I, you know, I never had a problem with winter growing up, but as I've gotten older now and I work outside, um, I just, I've like, I've said it on this show a million times and I told my wife, I said, when I retire, um, after I'm retired, I, I don't plan on ever seeing snow again in my life. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, I'll, I'll be definitely heading down south, uh, in retirement cause I just can't handle this minus like when it's like this, it's a little bit of snow and blah, blah, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you start getting into January and February, it's like minus 40s and shit for weeks on end. I can't deal with that shit anymore. Yeah, it's just like, ugh. But yeah, so anyway, the first uh, the first snow of the year hit. So just to remind you where you are. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, see, everybody tuned in to listen to me cry about the weather. You know, Um 
No, I guess um, the first thing I would talk was just uh, idiot fans. Like I've never talked about this before on the show. Um, I, I uh, can someone explain the jersey thing to me? Throwing the jersey on the ice, like I, I don't understand. Um, I mean, I know I've mentioned it on this show before, but it's like uh, at that point, who, who are you? Who air quotes? Who are you owning? Like I don't get it. Like I said, so you go and buy a, a, and I mean, I'm most likely it's probably a replica jersey or whatever, but those are still 50, 60, 80 bucks, whatever. So you pay a couple hundred to get into the game. Then you run down and you throw your hundred dollar that you spent on the jersey on the ice. As like, is that your big sign of protest? See, it would be okay. But the thing is, is I can guarantee the majority of these dipshits that throw their jersey on the ice fucking come back the next game and drop another couple hundred coming to the game so oh, you showed them like it's just embarrassing and like the other night with the with the oil at the oiler when the uh, penguins were in town to play edmonton oh yeah this fucking idiot's vi- his little his tiktok or whatever goes viral of him running down the stairs and he throws a penguins jersey on the ice He's in Edmonton, though. Like, I don't... Okay. Like, I don't understand what the... You know, and like Dreisaitl or somebody, some Oiler player picks it up and like throws it back in the crowd. But it's like... And then all his idiot friends are filming him. And savage, bro. And it's just like, holy... Can you, like, it's just the ultimate look-at-me culture. Like I said, it's just... Idiocy. Like, it's, you not get enough attention. You want attention, buy a golden retriever. If you're that desperate for attention. Like, oh, it just, everybody hashtag, look at me. Like, just any fucking act. It doesn't matter. Just, I'll, I'll be a buffoon on social media. It doesn't matter. Like, they, as long as I get noticed, it's just, like, pathetic. Like. I don't get it. And I, it, it's just this thing with fans, like just in general. Uh, it's amazing to me what, as a society, we excuse, you know, people like, oh, fights and stands or acting like throwing jerseys on the ice or yelling. You know, some, what player was it? They were at a restaurant or something and they got like, Oh, verbally assaulted. And it's like, well, they're just passionate fans and they're mad that he's lo- they're losing. No, you're a fucking loser. I, I I love how this, like, just no social, like, no class, no not, like, it just, like, somehow being a sports fan, and it is, if, and it, it's your right as a fan to express yourself in any way, you know, and just, you let them know because you're passionate. You're a fucking loser. You're a loser. If some guy is sitting there with his wife or girlfriend or kids or whatever, I don't even give a shit if he's sitting there by himself eating a fucking meal in a restaurant and you go by the table and start yelling and screaming at him and calling him a waste of $8 million or whatever the fuck it was. I can't remember what it was. It was some Canucks player, I think. Uh, oh, oh, well, that's what happens when you make that much money and you suck. The fans are going to get on you. Like, no, we're just going to excuse... 
that some buffoon decides to go yell and scream at someone in a restaurant because Buddy hasn't hasn't scored a goal yet. But so that gives him the right because they make this much money. Oh, oh yeah. But these, I can guarantee, you know what though? These same clowns that say this shit on social media, when they're at work, if someone came up and yelled at them for making mistakes and just sat there and yelled and screamed at them in the break room or something, guess who the first fucking losers would be down at the HR office complaining or running to the supervisor and their manager? Oh, I guarantee it. Or like when a player gets hurt and all these guys are calling them pussies and everything else. Oh yeah, the same guy calling so-and-so a pussy on social media is the guy that phones in and misses three dates with the sniffles at work, though. Yeah. But this player's, suck it up, pussy. Oh yeah, play through it. Oh yeah. Johnny Couch, lying on the couch as he's tweeting. Play through it, bitch. Oh yeah. But this is, and but like I said, and then as a society we excuse it. Oh, they're just passionate. Fuck. It's just unbelievable. Like, ugh. And somehow they they justify the behavior because, wow, these guys make millions of dollars. So, okay, so because this person makes millions of dollars, that gives you the right to go accost them in a restaurant or anything or yell at them. Now, hey, if you paid your ticket, Price and you go down and sit in your seats and you want to sit there and yell fucking Aaron Judge sucks or at the Yankee. I laugh, Yankee fans are all booing Judge. You know, guy hit 62 and runs, but we're going to boo him in the playoffs. Oh, I can't believe how bad he's doing. Well, you know, they're losing, swinging at bad pitches, trying to do too much. Um, you know, I love that though. They're paying this guy all this money and he can't hit. Oh, yeah, because. Because God forbid you're actually human. You know, like, no, you make that much, you should be a robot, you should hit all the time. Oh, I love, I love, I, I, I it's a, well, the people who say that shit are like, again, are the people that never played. Um, because, I mean, if you ask an ex-player, whether it be baseball, football, hockey, whatever, um, they know what that guy is going through. The guy that's snake bitten in a slump or whatever. They know, you know, but like I said, oh, the, the passionate fan who sits there, they just sit and yell and scream, oh, we're paying this loser $5 million and he can't score, you know, so that gives me the right to, you know, yell at him and at, at, at the fucking, you know, at the in and out burger, you know, it's just, and, and like I said, and it just gets excused, although lots of things in life get excused nowadays everyone has an excuse for why we should be able to act like that you know because there's no fucking common decency in society anymore no as long as you have an excuse you can yell and act like a buffoon all you want but when it gets turned on them oh they're the first to go complain or whatever it's like the old seinfeld oh i was like what i went through like the other day but it is it's like the old seinfeld bit well how about i come to where you work and heckle you how would you like that like I said, I got it firsthand. I told that story a few day, uh, a few episodes ago. Oh, she had no problem getting in my face and yelling at me about my job and what I should be doing because of her tax dollars. But it was sure funny when I ran into her at her office and said something to her, how quickly she ran to the back room. 
she she sure didn't stand there and try to debate the matter with me. You know, it's funny how that works. Same thing. These same losers that think that they have the right because they're a paying fan that they can yell and scream whatever they want at a player no matter where because they make millions of dollars and you know they they play for me if it wasn't for me I love that if it wasn't for the fans oh yeah so that again it's like being a government worker if oh my taxes pay your salary oh yeah you know that that like I said that with that just absolves anybody from having any sort of decorum or class no as long as you paid your money yeah uh, it's unbelievable what, uh, and I mean, and I'm not saying this is new shit. Well, the whole jerseys on the ice, that's just, moron. I don't know what the hell that is, but, um, I, I mean, yelling at players and booing them and stuff that this isn't some new phenomenon. Um, you know, that that's happened forever. Um, but those player, those people were always like called hecklers and loud mouths and everything else. Now, like I said, it's sort of accepted. I always laugh at it on Twitter, on social media. Oh, what fan base is the most toxic? All of them. I love that when you're trying to like decide which which fan base is the are the bigger douchebags. Oh, you, all of you, you're all clowns. Now, I'm not again when I say this shit. I'm not. Oh, he's talking. To, I'm a fan of the flyer. He's talking to me. No, I'm not talking to you unless you've thrown a jersey on the ice. Or unless you went and yelled at, like I said, Claude Giroux at Home Depot while he was there picking up fucking paint thinner. Um, yeah, then you're a fucking loser. But no, if you sat there and like booed them because they played a shitty for, well, okay, you know. I'm, that's not who, that's, again, that's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the extreme idiot that doesn't, well, one that doesn't know boundaries. That's the other one. Like, unreal. It's, ugh. Whatever. I'm, uh, yeah, that's just, yeah. Yeah, this is probably where I should do my, my, uh, my sponsor spot. And then we'll be back. And now, a message from our sponsors. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for a season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Is Colorado gonna, Repeat, is Toronto Maple Leafs, is this going to be finally be the year? I see Carolina's up there in the Stanley Cup Futures bets as well. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Um, Alright, uh, well the next thing, um, as I said the East Coast Hockey League did uh, has an, indem- an indefinite suspension. Uh, Mikel Robidoux um, when he for the Allen Americans as he was leaving the ice, uh, slashed at a Wichita Thunder fan. Um, yeah, he swung a stick. I'm not saying he didn't. Um, it was funny because I I read it first before I saw the video. Somebody had just posted it. Swung his stick wildly and violently at a Wichita fan who was just sitting there. 
oh, this guy needs to be blah, blah, blah. And a bunch of people commented, oh, he's a gun. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I was like, oh, wow, fuck. Uh, you know. And then the video surfaced. Eh, yeah, I mean. He's coming off the ice and he's and he's kind of looking over at the bench and he's looking at the raft or whatever and he's going down the tunnel. And you can see right as he looks back to see, like, like I said, he's going off the ice and his head's turned to the left and he's looking at the bench and whatever and he starts walking down the hall. And as he turns his head straight again, out of the corner you can see this fan's hand come down. And it's not like, he's not like close to us, but it's like you could, he would have been able to see it out of his peripheral. So he turns around and he kind of swings a stick at the, at the, you know, at the seats and stuff. I don't think he hit the guy. Of course, I'm sure the lawsuit will say, oh, I lost my fucking arm over it or something. But no, I, he might have smacked him with his stick blade or whatever. And then he hit the metal, uh, railing or whatever and then kept walking. You know, not exactly crime of the century, but, you know, okay, sure. Violently and... And then, of course, oh, well, he has a history. He was suspended for 15 and for 10 games in junior. That tells me a lot about the player. Well, it doesn't tell you anything because you don't know what the suspensions were for. Have you seen the... Well, it's redundant, but have you seen the suspensions they hand out in junior hockey these days? Before we start jumping off that, oh, this is the most heinous act ever, and he has a history of it, like all of a sudden we're talking about the Night Stalker or something, go look at the suspensions he got in, in the Quebec Junior League. They're, they're handing out six games for taunting after a fight because the guy did the sleep thing. Oh, I think he got four games for that, for taunting like, yeah, so let's dial down the, you know, oh, it's just, oh, he's crazy, uncontrollable. They were both for hits, his junior suspensions. The one was kind of boring. I mean, okay. The other one, 15 games for a body check. Like, this is, this is where we're at in junior hockey right now. So let's dial down the drama on, you know, like this guy's the most notorious hockey player of all time. Like somebody goes, oh, he's the craziest player I've ever seen. Well, that shows me that you've watched hockey for literally maybe three or four years. Like, you know, <laughs> really? Ah, there's this guy named Link Gates. You should, you, you should see, he'd be like your fucking Freddy Krueger if you saw Link Gates or Greg, Greg Smith or guys like this, you know, Gary Koopel. Oh, you think it, you, that you talk about nightmare fuel. Yeah, but, oh, this is Robidoux. Oh, he's just crazy. Oh, he's the craziest player I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. But I guess if you don't know, you don't know, I suppose. And, I mean, like I said, if you've been watching hockey for seven minutes, and eh, maybe this guy is the craziest thing you've ever seen, which really, which which speaks volumes for today's hockey, if he's the craziest thing you've ever seen. Um, you know. Oh, I'm sure the you know they'll give him fucking three to five and sing sing. I'm sure if the guy gets if this gets some lawsuit about it or whatever, I'd give him. I mean, I'm sure they'll give him ten or fifteen games. I I'd give him a couple and whatever. Life goes on. Um, now, if he had started smacking people in the head and knocking out teeth or breaking glasses or something, well, okay, you know, then off you go. But you know, at the same time. Uh, by again, my advice, the fan, don't, what are you reaching over for? Like you're in Wichita, he plays for Allen. So I don't know, you're not reaching over for the high five. Like, so I don't know what this guy was trying to grab at. I don't know if he's trying to rip the, I don't know if he was trying to grab his stick. 
I'm not sure. I, I'd love to hear his back. Of course, his back's been, I don't know why. They, I, he just started swinging. Okay, well, first of all, this guy's been kicked out of, like, a bunch. Every player has been kicked out before. I always laugh at people talk like, oh, they just kicked him out and he snapped. Well, no, they don't. People don't just snap. He's not just walking off the ice and all of a sudden, you know what? I'm going to start swinging my stick at people here in Wichita. Okay, no, that's not, no. Why did he do it? Because idiot reached over. Now, oh, well, he didn't even grab him. Oh, so that's what we're, again, we're going to make excuses. Like I put on social media. Why is this fan reaching over? Why? Of course, again, oh, he's a paying ticket holder. He can't, no, he can't. What's he reaching over for? What's his end game here? Is he trying to grab Robodu's stick? Is he trying to hit him in the head? Is he high five? Like what? What? What is he trying to do? He wouldn't be high fiving him because he's from which like it's an opposing player. So you're not high fiving him. You know, as the when the player home team goes off the ice or whatever, that's not what he was doing. So what is he doing? Why are you reaching over? Why Why are you not just sitting in your seat? Oh, maybe you could lean over and, oh, yeah, you got your ass kicked or, you know, or whatever. Like a million like fans always do. But why are you reaching? That's my point. Like, I don't have a dog in this. I don't even know who this Robadoo is. I don't know who that is. Alan or which, I don't give a shit what league or team he's on. Like I always say with this podcast, you're getting an unbiased opinion. I don't give a fuck about any of these people. I'm just saying, well, I'll, I'll put it this way, and when it's shit, shit like this, most of the time I'm always on the player's side on shit because, like I said, there, there's no reason for this goof to be leaning over, handing up, putting his arm out, or whatever the hell he's trying to do. Now, should you swing your stick? Well, like I said, if you'll find, go find, you'll find the clip online. It wasn't like... All of a sudden now he's going to make up, he's not going to go up the stairs or he's going to start violently jumping in to make sure he hits this guy. He basically just sort of swung his stick in that area. Like, hey, you know, whatever, kind of batted at him. It wasn't like no one, no, believe me, no one's missing work or anything over this. You know, although, like I said, at the lawsuit, I'm sure this guy's going to try to make it out like all of a sudden he's, you know, going to be on, going to need compensation for the rest of his life or he's got, he won't be able to ever go to a hockey game because he has PTSD now or something. I'm sure that's what his defense will be. But my whole point would be, I would ask him, why are you leaning over and reaching? What was your your goal here? Um, at the same time, I would be telling this guy, don't be swinging your stick. Because, uh, well, at the end of the day, for the very fact, it's going to be, uh, you're going to be sued. So, you know... Um, you know, like I said, it's just, it, you know, it's a shitty situation. I mean, I mean, I old time hockey and I mean, I've seen lots of shit with guys fighting in crowds and everything else. None of it was good. It's, it's to look back on it after the fact, you know, you watch it. It's like, it's funny now. Um, like even when the, like back when the Bruins went into the stance, you know, even when Milbury's beating the guy with the shoe, like that guy's got a story for life. Like, was he hurt from any, like, no, like whatever, like none of this shit's ever meant like anybody's ever gotten hurt or anything but and and some of it was like oh the seattle tri-city fans like that was brutal um that was just nuts um you know so it was nothing like that um but none of that stuff is good no you shouldn't have uh but at the same time again 
it's always all of these these players need to control themselves. Well, yeah, but at the same time, these fans need to control themselves. This is the side I'm on. Again, we always excuse, like I said before, right? We always excuse the horse shit. Well, the fans are just passionate. They paid their money and blah, blah, blah. Well, okay, again, so this guy's getting kicked out of the game. I'm sure he's pissed off. Well, clearly he's pissed off. Like, no one gets kicked out and is happy about it. So he's all fired up. Like, I'm just thinking if anybody... Of course, most of the people listening to this show are reasonable people and will understand what I'm talking about. But I'd like just to ask these idiots in general. Say you get into a scuffle or you're all fired up. You're, you're fucking, you're, you're, and you're going off the ice or you're going off. Okay. We'll put it in the real, you're at work and you kind of, your coworker pisses you off or whatever. And you're like, you know, fuck it. I'm going to just, and you're told, hey, just leave for a while and, you know, walk it and cool off. Well, the moment as you're leaving that room, Buddy, all of a sudden, some guy around the corner starts waving his hand in your face. Well, what are you going to do? You'd slap at his hand or push him or do something, right? Because you're fired up. Not that you have anything against that person, but in that moment, it's not the right time, you know, kind of thing. What's well, this guy's going through? He just got kicked out. He thinks the call's shitty or whatever. He's leaving the ice, and all of a sudden, there's like a hand. Like the, and I can guarantee these same fans have been yelling at him all game, whatever, and that's fine, but they've been yelling at him all game. So now he's walking off and all of a sudden out of the corner of his eye, he sees some fan reaching. Well, what's he gonna do? Oh yeah, do you have something for me to sign, brother? Like, no, he's gonna like swing at him, which is what he did. It's like when you go to this, you don't stick your hand in the line page. Like, you know, but this is the, like again, we excuse idiocy. Now again, I'm not saying that. Oh, Robert, he had all the all the rights in the world to start swinging a stick and everything else. At the same time, though, he didn't just stand there and start chopping wood. Like he kind of like swiped at him, but he kept walking. Like he didn't just like, oh yeah, I want to come down here. Like it wasn't like he turned it into a huge confrontation. He kept going, but he did swing at him. Like hey, sit the fuck down. And he kept walking, right? Like to me, it's a bunch of nothing. But, again, you have a guy in a pissed off, he's pissed off and whatever, and this is what happens, and this is what you're going to get. So I completely understand why. Um, but again, we, we excuse, oh, he shouldn't do that. Well, who shouldn't do that? I think there's a lot of, there's blame to be go, to go around here, you know, on both sides of the fence. So keep your, keep your fucking hands to yourself. And sit, th- shut up, and just sit there. You know, you can yell, oh, you suck, you're clown, or we rule, or, you know, whatever, okay. But what do you reach, don't be reaching at people. So, I have no sympathy for the fan at all. None. I just hope when he was swinging, he didn't hit the wrong person. You know, like I said, if idiot's going to reach over, yeah, he deserves to get his fucking wrist slashed a little bit, and maybe, you know, have a little burner for about a couple of minutes, let him think about being stupid. But, like, I hope he didn't hit some, you know, somebody else sitting there or a kid or something. I don't think he did, you know. I don't really think he really made contact with anybody by the looks of it. Maybe he hit the guy once with a blade. But that was about it. But, anyway, that's my, uh, keep your hands to yourself, you know. Um, yeah, guys, other than that, um, I really don't have other much else to talk about other than this list. How about we get into this list? Tim's on the edge of his seat. He's been fast-forwarding it to this point. I should do... Um, like I've, I see other videos have like... Uh, what do they call it? Timestamps. 
I should do that just so Tim doesn't have to put up with all this other bullshit. We can just get right. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? Oh, I should have done that. I should have really thrown Tim off. I should have said at the start of the show, I'm going to do a list. Because I always, whenever I do the list, it's always at the end of the show. I should have put it in the middle. That would really throw him off. See, then he'd have to, then he'd have to listen. Tim hasn't listened to an entire episode yet. Tim has listened to the final 15 minutes of every episode I've done. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Sign guy, Tim. <clears throat> Alright. Sorry about that. Stop, start, stop, start. Okay. The top five toughest Florida Panthers. Let's get on to the list here. Um, as I always say with these lists, uh, like I said a bunch of times, I've had uh, people send me lists, so I just kind of send copy the links down, and uh, I do not go through the lists. Uh, you and I are discovering them together, so... Because uh, I think that makes it, uh, you know, then you're getting my genuine reaction to it. Um, so, and I think that makes it better. I always say with these lists, I kind of, I, I always sort of secretly hope that the list, <coughs> the lists are kind of shitty because then it's just funnier that way. Um, but okay, the Florida Panthers. Uh, Florida Panthers. Okay. I'm, I, I kind of have it in my head who I would have, and I think we all do. Um, let's see what they got. From Panther Prowl, 2019. Ah, so it's fairly, fairly new. Um, okay. <clears throat> we'll start here. Number five, Sean Thornton. Uh, longtime Bruins tough guy. Finished out his career here at the Florida Panthers. Played 146 games. Had 197 minutes and penalties. Played from 2014 to 2017. Uh, yeah, um, actually it's so, it's so funny. They're, they're off to a hot start. I, I mean, I know he did, but I actually completely forgot Sean Thornton played for the Florida Panthers. I, now that they say it, I'm like, oh yeah, he was there for the last three or whatever. But, um, that's also like, you know, 24, I, like I said, well, like I said, you guys know, listening to this show that I, I'm not a real big, I don't follow current hockey or I haven't for like decades plus so um I never really tracked Thornton in Florida I, again I'm a huge Sean Thornton fan I love Sean Thornton was a big fan um his career was is, it, I've always said with Thornton his, his career was just unbelievable in the fact you just think how long he played for and just to do it for that long with the consistency uh, you know he played a bunch of played a couple of years in the Ontario Hockey League then in the American Hockey League with St. John and Norfolk, Portland, and all those teams. Um, like, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of, of AHL games every year. You know, 20-some fights and just against tough guy. Like, his fight card is unbelievable. You know, then he's up with, uh, uh, who did he first go up with? Uh, uh, Chicago. And then, you know, and then he's with, uh, uh, well, Anaheim, he wins the Stan- and then he wins the Stanley Cup with the Ducks there. And then he's, you know, and then he ends up with Boston. He wins another one with Boston. And I, I mean, he really became, he kind of became that folk hero figure in Boston, of course, you know, because you know the Bees fans are going to love him. Um, you know, you just think with him and Lucic and Chart, man, they had a tough team. Um, but yeah, not the biggest, you know, 6'1, probably 210, 220. Um, I remember when Boston was in town here to play a preseason game and I ended up standing on the street corner with Sean Thornton and I was actually surprised how kind of 
thin he was. Like, he's not an imposing figure. I'm not saying, oh, he's a little skinny runt or anything. And I mean, but, you know, it's like, oh, this is the, you know, this is the tough guy for the Bruins. You know, you always, in your mind, uh, you expect some, like, big jacked up dude. And he wasn't. Um, you know, he just looked like just a normal, but an athletic fit guy. But, I mean, he certainly wasn't, you know, intimidating or scary looking. Um but, uh, yeah, it's just, but he just did it for so long and, um, you know, and, and I mean, I, I do, I, I don't know all of Sean Thornton's fights off the top of my head or anything, but I mean, I've seen it, I've seen a ton of them, but the one thing I always liked about Thornton and his fighting style, you know, cause like I said, he wasn't the biggest guy. So, um, I don't really, I don't really remember I guess John Scott and whatever. I mean, I, I mean, obviously they all, everyone loses and gets beat up, but I don't really remember Thornton getting a huge, like dropped and KO'd. I mean, it, I mean, maybe it happened off the top of my head as I'm sitting here right now. I don't recall it. Um, but he was, he was always in every fight and he just, you know, when he knew how to kind of slip the punches or go with them and he could lean away and just a real technically sound fighter, really smart fighter. I would, uh, I'd like to sit down with him. He'd be a fun guy to sit down and just kind of talk, like just technique with or something. I think that it'd be interesting to get his take on things. I read his book, but I don't really recall. I mean, I remember he kind of talked about it a little bit in there, about like just slipping punches and stuff. I mean, I always say with his book, if you were a Bruins fan and you like to read about the Stanley Cup run and stuff, you'd dig the book and whatever. I was sort of indifferent. Was the book terrible? No. Was it great? No. I mean, I was sort of, eh, you know, whatever. But like I said, big, uh, I've rambled on too long about a number, you know, about, uh, you know, we got four other guys through the list, but yeah, I'm just, like I said, I'm just a big Sean Thornton fan. So, um, but yeah, actually when they said top five Florida Panther, Thornton wasn't, I don't know if I would put Thornton on my list because he couldn't have had that many fights when he was left in Florida. I don't know. I can't see him having more than 20 in the time that he was there, but you know, especially for the time period and stuff, but, uh, cause I'm assuming whenever, I always take it as if I was doing a list of a team, it would be of that guy's tenure with the team. You know, um, like I know Steve McIntyre and, and, and guys like that, you know, like, I mean, he played in Florida, but I mean, what I wouldn't have him on the list or a Rocky Thompson. I mean, Rocky Thompson's overall body of work. Yeah, I could maybe, but I mean, you know, we're, why are, we're not counting his fights with the St. John Flames or something? Like, it, I always look at it as the time with that team. So, that's just how I would do the list, but whatever. We all have our ways of doing things. Um, all right. Uh, here, number four. Uh, Scott Mellenby. All right. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. So, I guess I, as I just finished saying that, like, in terms of fighting, would I put Mellenby in front of Sean Thornton? No. Um, but I understand what they're doing with this. It's like for his time. Okay, I get it. Um, Scott Mellenby, third all-time with the in team history with penalty minutes. 552 games played. He had 354 points, 953 minutes of penalties played from 1993 to 2001. One of the premier power forwards in the game. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Mellenby was... I love Scott Mellenby. I know Ked out there from the morning skates all pumped up. Um, yeah, great leader. Way back in the... 
when they were throwing the rats on the ice, he was the inspiration for that because Mellonby, there was a rat in the dressing room and he, I think he shot it against the wall and killed it and let, and said, you know, let's fucking go boys. And I think that story got out there. So everybody was throwing the rats around. Um, but yeah, leader, tough guy. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I guess I can't, I guess I really can't go on and on about Mellonby like I can Thornton. Um, you know, at this point, um, you know, later on, I mean, he, he would fight a few times. I don't, Mellonby early on in his career with the Flyers and stuff. Um, you know, he had that big knockout of Jackson. Um, but, uh, you know, was Mellonby like a great fighter? I wouldn't say Scott Mellonby was a great fighter, but he was a gritty guy. Wouldn't take shit. Um, he's the, He's a guy you'd want on your team, though. Um, goes into the corners, does the you know does the dirty things, and and can score, can put the puck in the net, and uh, yeah, I, I love me some Scott Mellonby. Um, yeah, as I, I'm actually pumped that they put him on this list. That's cool. Uh, number three, Ed Jovanovski. Uh, yeah, there you go. Ranks fourth all time in Florida penalty minutes. Played 362 games. Uh, had 619 minutes of penalties from 1995 to 2014. Florida Panthers first over was number one pick, first overall in the 1994 draft. Yeah, Jovo Cop. Um, yeah, I was a I, I was a fan of Jovanovski. Um, I think I was. Uh, I don't know what ep- it was recently. One of my last couple episodes um, when I was doing the player spotlight. I think it was the Chris Murray one. Um, I was talking about whoever I was doing the player spotlight on. I think it was Murray. Or no, maybe it was Mark Jansen. Anyway, they fought Jovanovski, and I was just talking about how, what a great fight it was. And then I was mentioning um, how uh, underrated, uh, I, I or not underrated, but I, how Jovanovski could throw, man. And uh, for a guy, he didn't fight often, but, um, you know, he had the big knockout at Dead Marsh and whatever. And, and like I said, whoever the fight I was talking about, I think it was Jansen, it's not that I'm sitting here. Um, but they were just throwing shots, and it was like, yeah, Jovanovski could throw some mean shots and and would punch with like bad intentions. And it's uh yeah, he uh Jovo's a mean dude. I know talking to uh a couple guys that were on the Ontario League at the time, like yeah, he had some big wins in the Ontario League too, um, coming up. And um Yeah, like again, I'm not gonna sit here and, and claim to be some the Jovo expert on all his fights, because like I said, every for me all these fights, they, they run together after a while and, and, uh, you know, and I forget so much, but, um, Jovo for like a skilled top line D man was obviously a big physical checker, but he would, like I said, didn't fight often, but when he did was really good at it. And, uh, definitely a guy that I, I should, uh, go down the rabbit hole and, and, uh, and check out his stuff, uh, and revisit that because, uh, I know he throws these straight arm, just giant bombs, and uh, and if he hits you, you know, I mean, at Dead Marsh, that knockout at Dead Marsh was brutal, and uh, yeah, Jovo's a mean dude, man. And I can remember uh, it was the prospect game. Uh, Jovanovski was 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 pretty well a virtual unknown in junior hockey at that time, and come that prospect game, he started running around. And I remember, I think it might have been one of the first prospect games I ever watched when it was like the Cherry, or I think it was the Cherry Or game or something like that. And we're watching it. We're just like, who is it? Like, who hits in a all-star game? Like, it was such a weird deal. 
And, yeah, and he was just, like, hammering dudes. And, of course, he played on the World Junior Team. He was, like, hammering guys with Team Canada. We're like, you know, who is this guy? I'm, I'm digging this guy. So, and like I said, he was in Ontario, so we didn't get to see him. Other than with the, the TSN games. So, um, yeah, I'm down with Jovo. There we go. Um, I'm assuming, yeah, there we go. Number two, Peter Worrell, uh, second all time in, in Florida Panther penalty minutes. Um, played 342 games at 1,375 minutes, played from 1997 to 2003. Yeah, I mean, Worrell, I mean, huge dude. I think he was 6'6, six, 6'7. Six, um, yeah, he had that big long reach. Yeah, Worrell was a bad dude, man. And, um, I'm, well, I'm here, I'll just. I'm going to just scroll it for quick. Number one. Yeah, Paul Laws is number one. Okay, I got it figured. I figured Walt Laws and Walt Worrell would be one. If anybody, if this writer had any sense, Laws and Worrell would be one and two. Um, you know, either, either or. Um, yeah, what a tag team those two created. And, um, yeah, well, just kind of quickly. Paul Laws, 530 games, all-time penalty minute leader with 1,702. Uh, played from 1993 to 02. Um, yeah, he, um, and unfortunately with Laws, and, and Laws does hold the, uh, NHL record, uh, 9697, he set the, set the NHL record with 39 fighting majors in a season. And, um, Worrell was, again, one of those guys, um, fight fans and guys that traded the fight tapes and were really into it. They all know who Laws is. But I think to the average fan, average hockey fight fan, um, they don't know, um, because again, out in Florida, that just the time difference out on the West Coast, you know, their games were on hockey, like the Florida Panthers were on hockey night in Canada or anything. So, you know, I, I think a lot of people don't know Paul Laws. And uh, there is a guy I would definitely recommend to go watch on YouTube. Um, unbelievably tough, had some great fights with the big uppercut uh, dropping Craig Berube. I think he's the only guy I ever saw drop Berube. Um, uh, yeah, he was, uh, well, I guess, first of all, I was talking about Worrell. I'm kind of mixing my guys up here, but yeah, with Worrell, he was so big and, uh, you know, he could stretch a guy out and could hammer dudes. Um, yeah, it's just, um, it, it's interesting. For some reason, I was never a Worrell fan. I don't know what it was though. Um, I already played for the Hall Olympic. I remember watching him in the Memorial Cup and I remember he just really irritated me, I guess. He, he was, I know he was really, um, you know, he was really big into the whole hand wiping thing and all that. And he was, you know, the post fight antics, which, which normally didn't, there was actually, uh, when it comes to post fight stuff, I, I never bothered me that much. Um, I never, I mean, some people lose their mind over it and yell about disrespect and the code and all this, nah, whatever. I never cared about that shit. I always say, if you're going to, if you're going to act like that, be prepared for the consequences of what comes with that. And, um, you know, uh, now I, there, there, I always said with the, with the after fight stuff, there was always, I, in my mind, there was always sort of a time and a place. I mean, I, you know, do you have to do everything after, you know, after every fight? Well, no, but, uh, you know, home crowd, get them into it, whatever. Yeah, I get it. Or if you want to play the bad guy on the road and maybe it's a, um, you know, a rival game and, uh, you know, and you took out their tough guy and really smoked him, yeah, you know. Give it to the home, give it to the crowd a little bit too. Yeah, I'm all for it. Why not, right? Uh, you know, every every movie needs a bad guy. So, uh, but at the same time, as I said, be prepared for the consequences. And 
Yeah, but uh, Worrell, yeah, big dude, um, great fight card. Um, surprised he didn't play longer. I'm not sure if he was just, um, I, you know, maybe it was just the time. When, when was he done? Oh, yeah, oh three. Yeah, you know, there he still had some time left. Um, but yeah, I think he he played the one. I believe he played the one year with the Avs. Well, I know he played with the Avs. I think it was for only one year, and then he was basically out of hockey. And I don't know. I, I know he was involved in a traffic stop. It was a DUI in Florida, and he used like a fake name or something, and all that shit. Um, I don't recall if that was after he was done playing, or if that was during the season, and that might have been why he was out of Florida. I can't remember. I'm not gonna. I know that happened. I don't know the timeline of when that happened, so I don't know if that's what. Like, okay, Pete, you're out of here, and then he played the year in Colorado, and then. I think he played one year in the East Coast League, I think, and then that three thing, or just had enough thing, or whatever. Because, um, like I said, oh three, there were still guys around. Now, you know, was Peter Worrell the worst hockey player in the world? Well, no. Um, you know, I don't think he was great, but you know, I like I don't know. Maybe at that time, just no, he just didn't have any offers and was just probably tired of it. You know, I guess who knows? I don't know. Um, but there's actually a guy Worrell. There's a guy that I haven't. Not that I've actively seeked him out, but I don't recall hearing his name on any podcast. Like, I don't recall him doing any podcast interviews or video. Like, oh, Life After Hockey with Peter Worrell. Like, I don't, I don't, has he really fallen off? I think they say he still lives in the Florida area. And I think he was, he coaches something, I believe. Like, he's still involved in hockey, I think. But, um, yeah, it just seems weird that he hasn't, uh, you know, no interviews or anything like that that I know of. Um, Yeah. Same with Paul Laws. There's another guy. I haven't heard anything about him after hockey. I know he's on, I know he's on social media because he follows me on Twitter. And I've reached out to him a couple times asking him, like, if he would like to come on the show. Cause I'd love to interview Paul Laws, but he never replied. But if anybody out there knows Paul Laws, tell him I'd love to interview him. Um, again, I was a huge Laws fan. You know, played in the Ontario League with Niagara Falls. That's, I'd love to talk to him about Niagara Falls. Imagine he played with Brad May and Dennis Viel. And we, and Keith Primo on the same team. Imagine that. Um, you know, what a team that would be, Niagara Falls. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he might have played with Bezo too. Now that they, and Andy Bezo too. Jesus. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think he was a fairly high pick with the Penguins and, uh, played in the IHL. I know he had 400 minutes in Muskegon the one year and then, uh, he got, he was left unprotected in the expansion draft. So Florida took him in the expansion draft when they got their team. So, uh, yeah, he was an original Panther the whole way through. And like I said, he had the unfortunate wrist injury and had to retire. But, uh, yeah, that, I would encourage anybody listening. Now I'm sure the majority of people listening to my show, they know who Paul Laws is, obviously. But, uh, uh, if you don't, or a younger, younger listener, uh, L-A-U-S, Paul Laws, I fought the laws and the laws won. Uh, you'll hear that song an awful lot if you go down that rabbit hole. But uh, yeah, Paul Laws, check it out. But uh, there we go. There's a list of the top five toughest Panthers. I can't really argue with that list, to be completely honest. That's, I mean, for, I would have all four of those guys on my list. And Sean Thornton, I could, I, I, you know. Do you really argue with Sean Thornton being on the list? I mean, you really can't. I mean, I don't know. Who else can you, uh, off the top of my head? Um, Kordachuk, Chris Barch. I don't know how many games Barch played. Um, Kordachuk played quite a few, though, I think. I I would, uh, would I put, yeah, I would put Kordachuk ahead of Thornton. 
Um, not all time, but I, for that time period with their time with the Panthers, I think I would have Darcy in front of Sean. Um, um, other than that, trying to think. Who else was? I know. Well, Terry Karkner was in Florida. I don't think he really fought much when he was in Florida. I love Terry Karkner though. He was a badass dude. There's another guy, Terry Karkner. Terry Karkner should be my player spotlight next week. I'm a big Terry Karkner guy, but I think he really slowed down when he was in Florida. Like I think he he played a real solid. Like he was a real you know he he was a key guy there just on the blue line. But I, I think he was just more one of those gritty stay at home guys. And if you wanted to mess around, he'd fight. But uh, I don't think he was looking for it at that point. But uh, yeah, other than that, I, that's actually the, probably the list I would do. Now, ah, who is this? I don't know who the writer is, but yeah, well done, sir. I can't, uh, I can't shit on you too much. So, well, I can't shit on you, shit on you at all. So, I don't know, is that good or bad, folks? I mean, I, I think we kind of like the bad lists a little bit, don't we? Um, I, I kind of figured Laws and Morel when I first read, I'm like, well, Laws and Morel have to be on this list. After that, I'm like, this is going to be wide open. Oh, and Mellonby. I kind of figured Mellonby just because he played so long there. Um, those are the three. And I'm like, the other two could be wild cards. But now that are Jonaski and Thornton, yeah, you know, pretty solid. So anyway, folks, um, that that is my time for today. Well, 55 minutes. There you go. I almost got an hour out of me. <clears throat> um, yeah, again, I apologize for not being around on, on Sunday. But uh, obviously with the circumstances, the way they were, um, just could not do it. And, um, yeah, and, um, and that's that, but, and like I said, the end of my streak, I think I did pretty good for you guys for the most part, two shows a week for, I think at least a good solid year. I, I had that streak going. So, um, I'm not saying that I will not be, uh, I think one, um, while talking about that, just, you know, before I go, before I go here real quick, um, that is something going into coming in cause it's almost, I was going to say the new year, but. What's that? That's two months away at this point. Um, I think going forward into 2023, I'm, I'm honestly looking at one episode a week. Uh, I just, I mean, we'll see. I think I, cause I don't want to like do two and then maybe one next week and then two the week after. Maybe like, I don't want to keep flip flopping cause some weeks, yeah, if something comes up or I have something to say or I get kind of edgy or yeah, I want to hit record and then, and then I do an episode, then the next week, eh, you know, and then I don't do one. I don't want to do that. Um, but I don't, uh, I don't know. We'll see it. Cause it got brought up to me. That's the reason I'm, I'm mentioning this. It's it. I've, I've been told, why don't you just do one show a week? And that, and I probably should do that and just stick to like every Wednesday. Um, but we'll see. Because there's there's times I really enjoy doing the second show, other times I don't. Um, I said at this point I sort of in that routine, and people have their listening schedules, and I don't want to say I owe anybody, I you know whatever, but you know what I'm saying. People have the routines, and they expect two shows a week. I agreed to do two shows a week, so I do. Um, for the most part, like I said, it's not too bad. I I can yap my ass off all the time, so. Um, but every once in a while you do get, to get stuck with, for topics and stuff. So it gets a little grindy at times, but, uh, I don't know, but going forward, I, th- I actually think the show overall would probably improve if I just did one a week. Um, you know, although some would say it has nowhere to go, but up. So I don't know. We'll see. That's something I'm, I'm, uh, debating. 
Um, I'll talk to a few people about it and see what they say and, uh, you know, people whose opinions I value and, uh, you know, we'll go from there. But uh, food for thought at this point. But uh, anyway, guys, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go shower and, uh, you know, go uh, go sit in my chair and watch some YouTube for a while. But uh, I want to thank everybody. Thanks for those who reached out and were asking if everything's all right. I appreciate it. Uh, yes, like I said, father-in-law is home and, uh, rest comfortably and doing well. Like I said, they just got to do some, uh, some, uh, review of the meds and we'll see what happens. But, uh, no, he's, he's back at it, back swinging and grumpy as ever. <laughs> but, uh, but again, thank you for everybody who asked. And, uh, and yeah, we're back in the groove here and, uh, that's it. Another Wednesday show, folks. Um, yeah, I'll get out of here and enjoy the rest of your work week. And I will talk to you cats on Sunday. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 